This week on the Magnificently Huge podcast, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crap all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. This week, Weird came out on the Roku channel, whatever that is, and every Gen Xer who knows how to do the necessary computer stuff to view it was watching it. This was a Gen X spectacle because the, the, the mighty Weird Al Yankovic has a biopic that's not really a biopic, um, but it's damn funny, and we tear it all down. And I'm going to tell you right now, full of spoilers. You wouldn't think there'd be spoilers in a biopic, but let's just say this does not follow his Wikipedia page, and it's it's better for it. Check out Weird, uh, and when you do, and you're done, listen to this show. Actually, oh boy, how do I how do I how do I feel about that? I don't want to lose listeners just because it might ruin your experience of the film. Um, if you're listening to this, why haven't you seen Weird? And if you haven't seen Weird and you're listening to this, well, uh, you're on your own. Here's our show. We're making magic. 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 (laughs) I'm just letting this play out. (laughs) Do you believe in magic? In a young girl's eye? Uh, All I can think of is the... In a young girl's eye? Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that how the song goes? I think it's in her heart, but I mean, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's gonna get (laughs) weird. Yeah, the arguing has already started. (laughs) Can we just introduce ourselves first? I'm Eric. Move on. Hi, Eric. I'm Chris. Hi, Chris. I'm Brian. Hey, we're all three here. That's amazing. How are we today? That's the show. This is good stuff. Uh, Yeah, I would just like to say that Eric had. Uh, by all accounts, something that was super clickbaity, uh, a 40s movie with David Niven that nobody has ever heard of. And then we realized <laughs> that, uh, that Weird Al's movie came out and we said, well, we're going to do that instead. So, right. Have it. I've been wanting to do Weird Al anyway. <laughs> right? So, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's good. That so, David Niven film is always like my final fallback. I, I honestly have no more ideas. And this, it finally <laughs> happened where I was like, oh shit, I got no more ideas. And then so, the Weird so, Al thing saved us. Yeah, thank so you. So basically, when you get the David Niven episode, that's the last episode of the podcast, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's literally It's a great like, film. Yeah. It is but a great like, film. A, a matter it, of life and death. Check it out. It's free on YouTube. Yeah, but it'll be like this, the end of St. Elsewhere, where it's like the, the strange kid in the hospital bed shakes the snow globe, and then we're all inside. That's the end. Too deep oh god! Through. I thought you meant the end of Saint Elmo's Fire, and I was like, "What? No! No! I'll... Oh, open the door!" That's my Judd Nelson. I've never seen the Elsa. end of that movie. That's the thing. I, really? I've never seen the beginning of that movie, or the middle, or the end. Yeah, no need to I've see Saint, Saint Elmo's Fire. The Saint Elsewhere thing is funny though, because because of the tie-ins, the character tie-ins, uh, it means that like a ton of TV shows all took place in that kid's head. Yeah. Well, we did like that on Detective the uh, Munch. I think shows up there. Yeah, I think we we did a whole spinoff episode, or no, the uh, the the crossover TV episodes. Yeah, I think we addressed yeah, totally. that. So you got to go back and listen to that, people. There, there yeah. there's some yeah. gems in there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> and if you go back and listen, every episode has a segment where we talk about newer things called the fresh shit. Yeah. Yes. This shit is fresh. I watched a film to this this week called See How They Run. Did anybody oh, ever see that? Brian, yeah, I, yeah, I also watched yeah, yeah, yeah. it because it just came out on HBO Max, and I think Brian watched it a few weeks ago. Yeah. It was yeah, rather it brilliant. Theaters. Yeah. Delightful. Rather brilliant. Delightful. Yeah. It really was. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a murder mystery that's very meta. 
on murder mysteries, but without getting too cute about it. Uh, it gets that period of uh, 60s London. It, it, it just feels... It's it's just awesome, you know. Uh, I, funny. It is itself an adaptation of the Agatha Christie yeah. play that is also being produced within the mo- <laughs> the show. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Meta, meta, meta. Yeah. It was... Uh, it was unexpected. I didn't realize it was like so closely tied to Agatha Christie to the extent that it was going to be such a a crazy satire of said Agatha Christie. I was not prepared for <laughs> yeah. that. So it was good. Yeah. In- including a performance of the character Agatha Christie by the same actress who plays Moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter. Yeah, who was like yes. 37 when she played Moaning Myrtle, so it's always quite yeah. disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah it was a it was a solid cast uh rockwell sam rockwell looked uh very beleaguered through Isn't the entire it nice thing, to see sam rockwell be sam rockwell again i i right? just uh, it, there, there have been a lot of movies now where he's like not serious actor but certainly not like freaky kinky actor that right you know that's why you you, you pay to see him i mean yeah. he uh yeah, yeah. It's it's good, and then Sarah Ronan was uh, was quite fun because she was sort of, uh, she moved from like very competent to just crazy Keystone Copish almost <laughs> in like the blink of an mm-hmm. eye. Uh, so it was all very endearing and very charming and a very good cast, and it, it made me want to watch uh, Glass Onion even more when that one comes out in a few weeks. Oh, that's coming. That's yeah, right. I kept yes. thinking of that too. I so. think murder mysteries, yeah, they've got to be making a comeback just in response to superhero movies. Could be. Well, this one too, because it was so meta. Uh, Despite I, Kenneth Branagh, yeah. oh sorry, <laughs> yeah, right. And I, and I know I've brought this one up before. I don't remember if you guys know, were aware of it, but uh, Tom Stoppard, one of his uh, one act plays, makes fun of parlor mysteries like The Mousetrap, and it's called The Real huh. Inspector Hound, and it just basically is just a giant. Uh, spoof of these sort of parlor mysteries and if you can find it and read it it's brilliant because it just turns in on itself and it's like the the murderers loose in the woods they're in the mansion and then the detective shows up and it's just all of the tropes but it just he totally <laughs> just deconstructs is it, everything uh, is it in the public domain yet maybe we can maybe we can record it for audio ah uh, it may be. I don't know. I I learned of it uh, in a lit class and had was doing a bunch of stuff for like like uh, 20th century English literature. Yeah. And then of course Stoppard shows up at at some point. Uh, so we got to get back to to performance, eh? Right. <laughs> anyway, it was. The, it made me the think thing that the, see how the run that does though that that is a lot of fun is you know they. They literally tell you how the movie's going to end, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite. It's so part. meta that they're like, okay, and then this is going to happen. And here's the storyboard yeah. for yeah. Oh, like, that was the movie brilliant. that you're watching. Yeah. That was yeah. so brilliant. I knew, I knew it was coming too, but then when it actually showed up, I, I was taken aback. I'm like, oh, they actually did telegraph it and then decided they were going to do it. <laughs> thought that's amazing oh yeah 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 it was so i mean good. they told you they were real upfront about it yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't realize how much i wanted to see sam rockwell and adrian brody in a movie together and then right? i was like oh they're not gonna have any scenes together and then they managed to have a scene together because you have to i mean yeah they're, they're so fucking <laughs> awesome together <laughs> yeah yeah it was utterly charming i was very surprised at how much i, I, I was pleased I was pleased that it had its own voice because the trailer is edited to be like, we are trying our goddamnedest to make a Wes Anderson film. Yeah. Yeah. And it isn't that at all. No. Yeah. I was not um, looking forward to it the way I should have been. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it almost had more of like a dead men don't wear plaid sort of vibe because it was obviously, yeah. it knew it was making fun of what it was doing. Uh, but it was still drawing inspiration from that same thing. So it was very loving. Uh, I thought it was a good homage to Agatha Christie overall, so it was quite enjoyable. Yeah. So, good choice. And and it's interesting to see a film for once. You don't see this often these days, where the the character's biography and background doesn't really matter. Who cares? <laughs> no. You know, we don't want three dimensional characters. We want to get on with the show. I like that. Well, <laughs> well, I like that. It also works in favor because you you have this enigma that is the inspector. 
uh, of Sam Rockwell. And then like one of the red herrings of this thing, spoiler alert, is that he becomes one of the suspects because of the Overeager constable played by Sarah yeah. Rodin. And it's like this total <laughs> sidebar that you know isn't going to pan out, but they do it anyway and they commit and it is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it and, and the idea that the whole time he's like this sort of broken down hack and, you know, she's, she's got all of the, I don't know, vim and vigor. You think, oh, she's going to figure it out. No, no. He's no. actually the seasoned cop. He really knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she writes everything down in that notebook to the point where he just said, don't jump to conclusions. And she keeps flipping back to that page right before she jumps to her conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for <been> out. <laughs> so very charming. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Very yeah. fun movie. Excellent. So yeah, check that one out on HBO for sure. If you've got it, folks. Before it, it See how they away. run. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What else you got, Eric? Uh, I'm going to stop there. All right. Well, I've got one that's also on HBO Max, relatively new, that I highly recommend okay. as well. Uh, it's a documentary from last year called The Automat, and it's about yes automat restaurants that just died like in the early 80s, but had been a mainstay in America since like the 1920s. Yeah, we finished and it last night. It's fucking great. As a kid, I've always, since a kid, I've always been fascinated by The Automat. And I wish there was one still around because I just love the idea. I would see him in old movies and cartoons and whatnot. And I'm like, I want to do that. I was alarmed to find out that that was basically one company the whole time. I thought that they were like a bunch of companies doing it at, yeah, like, no, no, no. It was one company that, that did it and everybody knew who they were. Yeah. Hard, was it Horn and Hardart? And they were in Philadelphia, Philly and New York. And it's literally like you can't think of New York from that era, like the 40s, 50s, without thinking of the automat. And like you put the coins in and you, you open the, the window and your food comes out. I mean, it's yeah. just, it was crazy. And they're like these I, Art Deco palaces. I mean, I just, I wish, I wish they were mm-hmm. still around. Yeah. And there are people who like have uh, 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 some of the machines with the, you know, the doors. The idea you put in a nickel or you put in four nickels. A door opens and you get to take out a a, a yeah. plate of pie or a yeah. sandwich or anything, yeah. and it's like those those boxes got auctioned off. And she goes and she finds them. Like collectors have them. I I, I keep thinking, man, that if they exist, somebody should put one together. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, that was that's always been one of my like backdoor entrepreneurial dreams is to open an automat. I mean, I thought that, I just thought it would always be such an interesting thing to try. <laughs> and yeah. then you watch it and you realize why they folded because fast food came along and people just couldn't keep up. It I was, was going like, to say, why don't you just open a McDonald's franchise yeah. and in 20 years, it's all going to be done by machines. And yeah. there you go. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, the problem that they faced is that, yeah, every, it, it they said it only works when you have high volume, but yeah. with, when everybody moved out to the suburbs, there was no more high just, volume. You couldn't do so, it. So, mm. And they was but all based I, on, the, I was on think- the the central commissary, so they would provide all their baked goods and stuff through that. So yeah, when things started to shrink, that the whole yeah. business model just went sideways. But you know, like Starbucks, you know, they own their bakeries. Yeah. Uh, so I it was crazy. I was thinking actually you could do it now, but well, you see, the there are two problems. One, you know, change. Nobody has you know nobody carries money, and two eating food with your hands after handling money. But then I thought, you know, just blue, yeah. uh, uh, you know, wireless payment could take care if, of all that. If Amazon can have storefronts where you don't have to actually do anything, but like scan your account to get in and then they charge you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's doable. It's doable. Yeah. But the other problem th- then is figuring out a space because the, you know, one of the problems they had was in New York, all these bums would show up. And yeah. just sit there for hours. <laughs> yeah, because the so coffee was cheap. People would talk about how much they loved the food, but then they'd have to sit next to a smelly bum. Yeah, it's all part of the experience. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> do it in a place that's already got a controlled environment, like Las yeah. Vegas. So, I think that would well, work. Well, you know, they do have the Buddy Velastro like cake vending machine in Las Vegas. Yeah, well, um, so really? they're, they're on their way. Um, I just think it would be fun because anyway. when I when I see yeah. them in movies like that, Touch of Mink, and like Audrey Meadows plays Doris Day's friend, and she works in an automat, so a good chunk of the movie takes place 
like behind the scenes of the Automat and stuff. I mean, that stuff just has fascinated me since I was a kid. And so when yeah. I saw this come up, I went, oh. And then to boot, you get Mel Brooks in it, giving his two cents. And Carl Reiner, and they were talking about when they were on their your show of shows with Sid Caesar and just up and coming writers, and they would they would just like give each other a bunch of guff about how they ordered at the restaurant and whatnot. So it's good; it's a good bit of Americana. I would recommend it if anyone it, was a big fan of uh, the first season of Agent Carter, like I was. A lot of it takes place in uh, an automat. Nice. Mm. Is that their secret? Yeah, they recreated. I one. still need to watch that one. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Uh, unlike most of the early Marvel TV, that one's good. Season two gets a little, uh, uh, it jumps the shark. Very aware that it jumps the mm. shark, but well, yeah, you know. yeah, automats. I didn't know that that Edwin Hopper uh, painting was called automat. I've seen it all my life. And no, I'm like, that's, oh, that's supposed to be an automat. No, that's a different one. You're thinking of uh, the Boulevard of Broken Dreams or no, whatever. No. no, no, I'm thinking of that woman sitting alone drinking coffee. Oh, okay. So yeah, the automat. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, so yeah, so that was a nice bit of Americana if you uh, are interested in that sort of thing. Uh, Very and then, cool. And then yeah. the only other thing now that America think, is about to die, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anything else, Chris? Yeah, the only other thing I can recommend is I just stumbled across this. I think I, I, I sent you guys a couple of links, but it's like this Canadian DJ that took eight Beastie Boys songs and remixed them using Daft Punk music. Uh, it's called Daft Science, and it's fucking amazing. I don't know if you've ever heard uh, DJ Danger Mouse did the Grey album, like in 2004, where he took oh God. he took sure. the he took the Black album from Jay Z and then used Beatles music as the music backdrop. Right. Uh, it's the same thing, but this one is just Beastie Boys with Daft Punk in the background, <laughs> and it's it's fucking amazing. That's great. Uh, and. My my favorite track. There's like eight tracks total. They're all really good, but the ones that stand out to me, uh, you've got "Pass the Mic," which is just. Check it out. Uh, are all good, and then also no sleep till Brooklyn. It's like a totally different vibe when you put the Daft Punk music in the background. It's just—it's so much fun. It's just—it's crazy. It shouldn't work, and it does. I like found it just randomly. I pulled it up on YouTube, and I put it on repeat for like four hours one day while I was working. <laughs> it was just eight songs for four hours. That's all I did. So wow. highly recommend that. But it's by a guy named Coins. Speaking of the Automat, we'll put a link in the show description. Yeah, uh, to either his channel or one of these videos, and you yeah. can figure it out from there. I think it's on. Okay. Uh, it's on like Bandcamp, SoundCloud, YouTube, all those places. So uh, highly recommend. So yeah, those are my my picks for the week. Booyah. All right. So I ended up realizing I I I'm talk gonna talk about some some live shows, not concerts, but but theater shows that I that I've seen, and I realized that they're kind of the same show in a way. Um so the first is the Broadway touring company of a of a show called Six, which I guess won a bunch of Tony Awards. Uh Six is the the conceit is that it's the six wives of Henry VIII, and they're okay. each modeled after a contemporary pop star. So there's like a Beyonce character, and there's like a Taylor Swift character, and, and that kind of thing. And they're competing on stage. It's all just it's almost like a, a competition show. Um, one set. <laughs> And they're competing on stage for who was the best of Henry VIII's six wives. So, so and this isn't, is, it's not a prequel to Seven, then? It's, it's, it's something totally different. It is not, although okay. there is there are two beheadings, of course, okay. because Anne Boleyn, anyway. Oh, what's um, in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, 
But six is basically a pop concert. It, there's no intermission. It's just straight up a bunch of songs uh, where these characters are interacting and competing for the audience's attention. It's it's no, they're all original songs. They're just oh. in the style of. So not okay. a jukebox um, musical. So like at no yeah, point in time Yeah, and all the does... millennial girls in the audience were like freaking out. I guess they knew the soundtrack and they were having a great old time. And I'm sort of like, okay. Were you um, were you mad that at no point in time did Henry VIII sing I am Henry VIII? I am. Oh, there is no Henry VIII. It's just okay. the six women and the band and they're okay. all on stage the entire time and it's just that. Okay. Maybe his crier could come in and say, he's Henry VIII. He is Henry VIII. <laughs> but, but then I was, in, I was in Vegas last weekend for some other stuff, but we went and saw RuPaul's Drag Race Live. Oh. Okay. RuPaul's Drag Race Live is a bunch of drag queens competing for the audience's favor. Who's the best drag queen? <laughs> oh, but no RuPaul. Well, RuPaul shows up in video form, ah. but I got to tell you, RuPaul's Drag Race Live kicks Six's ass and wipes the stage with it. <laughs> Dude, it's never, not even close. Never underestimate the entertainment value of a drag queen. That's just a bottom oh, line fact yeah. of life. Yeah, no, absolutely recommended. So many awesome costumes, great dancing, good, you know, good performances. I mean, yes, the girls in Six are singing. But they all wear like one costume. There's no costume changes. There's no razzle dazzle. There's not even really enough like just fun stagecraft. But boy, there sure is in RuPaul's Drag Race Live. Fussy, fussy, fussy. Always makes me think of Always makes me think of the So yeah, definitely, definitely recommend that one if you're in Vegas. It's they're playing at Harrah's. It's a good show. Okay. Um. I don't, yeah, I, I don't really recommend Six. Uh, I don't know what the hype's about. Sorry, folks, it's it's not my show. I mean... Well, yeah, you're so, comparing it to RuPaul's Drag Race, though. These are people the, born to perform. I mean... The same show. I'm, oh, don't get me wrong. The singers were fantastic in Six. It's just... the Part of it is the material kind of sucks, because at, by the end, the, the transformation the characters are going through is they're saying, well, you know, we're comparing ourselves but really what makes us famous what makes us notable in history is not who we are or our accomplishments it's our the fact that we were married to henry the eighth and so we don't have any sort of you know identity outside of that and why don't we make this about our identity but and then they they undermine their entire message by saying we're just going to make shit up about ourselves as opposed <laughs> to actually talking about what their identity is therefore robbing them of any real identity oh well and oh well i mean <laughs> but yeah. anyway i would think compared to something like spider-man turn off the dark it's probably pretty good but when you compare it to like another, I mean, you know, you know, a colonoscopy is probably slightly better than Spider-Man Turn <laughs> Off the Dark. Hey, that's Bono in the That could be fucking hilarious. I always wanted to see that and see some injuries. Oh, that'd be so awesome to be there the night Spider-Man just goes thump into the into the stage. I'd oh, pay yeah. twice. I really, I would love to see Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Don't get me wrong, but man, everything I've seen of it makes it look just. Like the yeah. goddamn worst. Anyway, I mean, yeah. What, uh, what were Bono and the Edge thinking? That's all I would like to know. Spider Man, uh, turn out, turn out Spider Man's lights. No, I'm, I'm more curious about um, uh, <laughs> what, what's her name? The, the, the Australian director who, who did that. Uh, oh yeah, Taymor. she was the Lion King. Julie Taymor. Yeah, Julie it's like, Taymor. What, yeah. what are you doing? Making you, some money. You're, you're known for before, quality. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Well. Uh, I mean. Oh well. <laughs> Anyway, so that's the fresh shit. Let's get on with it. Shall we? Hey, uh, just in case you didn't hear it in the intro, here's the spoiler bumper, everybody. We're going to spoil uh, Weird the Al Yankovic story. So if you don't like that, uh, check out the next show. This shit is spoiled! What do you mean? Spoilers! So yeah, Weird. The Al Vankovic story. I, I was I, I was so happy with this because it was a you know because it wasn't a real biopic and How I dare I you sir finally saw the preview a week or two ago and I was like oh they're gonna take the piss out of it they're not really gonna you know it's not like yeah, a, I, yeah. I, when I first heard they were doing a Weird Al biopic I was like why well 
I like the fact that they actually did it as a parody of biopics about a guy that yeah. does parodies of songs. And there's so much to unpack in this movie. I can't even begin. It was so, <laughs> it was so just very, very quintessentially weird Al in its execution. Well, let, let's, let's, let's start from the top here, right? First of yeah. all, it was originally a funny or die sketch like 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. With Aaron, um, Aaron Paul. Where they had, yeah, Aaron Paul is as Al and, um, okay. Patton Oswald was Dr. Demento in that. Yeah. Oh. And uh, Olivia Wilde was Madonna and it was just a it was just a net, you know, a funnier die video and then Al was playing it in front of his concerts. Um and people started being like, "Well, when are you going to actually finish that?" <laughs> and and that was that led to this. The other thing was they made they made the trailers for this thing, you know, and it was first they announced Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al, and yes. I'm just like, um, don't see him really, you know, he doesn't look anything at all like Weird Al, yeah, um, doesn't sound anything at all like Weird Al, okay. Which and then they they released the trailer, and the trailer just was a just a wet rag on the floor. It just went nowhere for me. It did not laugh. I was like, "This is gonna be really? bad. <laughs> this is gonna suck." Oh, I knew. And I had uh, a but I'm I'm a big big Weird Al fan. Always have been. And so I'm like, I'm gonna watch it. And thank God the trailer wasn't showing the good parts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, almost but- the exact same thing as UHF. Which exactly. looked like that was going to be a train wreck and actually is brilliant. Yeah. Another one, Weird Al movie. Yeah. But this one, what makes it so good is the fact that they played it so utterly straight, which is why they got Daniel Radcliffe. Because like Weird Al in interviews, he said, yeah, we didn't want anybody to go in there and like goof it up and be a clown. It's like that we were doing the biopic straight. And so you get like that doors moment where he's getting arrested for being lewd on stage oh, and all that shit. And it's like, oh, and it's played totally straight. And that's what makes it so much funnier because it's just, it's yeah. not clownish yeah. at all. And it just, and it's, and it makes it that much just more 11 I guess is the best well, way and to put it. And that's the thing that you have to understand is this is not a biography in any way, shape or form of Weird mm-hmm. Al. It's, just this movie and Daniel Radcliffe yeah. is that version of Al, this yeah. like conceited, arrogant, you know, rock star version of Al. Yeah. I just, yeah. I loved it. But when Evan you're gonna, Rachel, you're going to find when, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you're going to find when you watch it, it starts to drag when we introduce Madonna and the love interest. Yeah. And, and I was like, no. uh, but then it's like, that drag is required for everything they do with it because all of the action movie sequences result from his relationship with Madonna yeah. and they're fucking brilliant. I mean, and him I, having the fight with all the people in the diner, I was yeah. already like, oh, right. that's genius. And it's so and then they get to, uh, yeah. yeah, then they get to the, uh, um, I forget the name of the drug Escobar. Lord. Pablo Escobar. <laughs> yeah. And, and the guy who's playing Pablo Escobar He's on Broad City, and he's funny, but we kept watching that going, he's kind of doing a version of uh, NoHo Hank from uh, Barry. A little bit, but yeah, but it worked. But I'm glad you brought up the the Madonna thing, because uh, I didn't expect it to be such a giant chunk, but the fact that they made (laughs) the conceit that Madonna was using Weird Al to get the Yankovic bump and was such a succubus... Topped by the fact that Ev- oh, I loved that yeah. shit. But top Weird by the- Al has been doing. Go ahead. Was well, it topped by the fact that Evan Rachel Wood does such an amazing impression of Madonna <laughs> right? from that era that I almost forgot I was watching an actress play Madonna. It was so surreal. <laughs> yeah. It was so yeah. surreal. <laughs> no, she's spot on. And 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 the thing is, Yankovic's been talking about the the Yankovic bump is an actual thing. That was one mm-hmm. of the few things based on reality. Right in this movie which is that artists kept telling him you know when his parodies would come out their sales would go up like nirvana's like thanks dude you sold us another million copies yeah, of Nevermind." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still know white and nerdy far better than i know uh oh white yeah and nerdy. well and that's right, sort of right. that's sort of the joy which leads me to like my favorite joke in the entire movie beyond anything was the fact that he suddenly realizes that he wants to do original music 
and he, he becomes like this total <laughs> prima donna and he and he has like the lsd trip because dr demento doses him and then he comes up with eat it <laughs> and the conceit of the movie is that eat it is an original song and then yeah. right after that michael jackson comes out with beat it and everybody thinks that eat it is a parody of <laughs> beat it and they just yeah. and they just keep running with that and that to me was so fucking funny i'm like that's genius because it's the, just underlying everything <laughs> the what i what i love also about that is the the subversion of expectation that mm-hmm. people are always talking about but they never get it right they do this thing obviously michael jackson wrote beat it first and so you're going oh he's gonna find out that he heard it the other day in in the car or nope. something and forgot about it no nope. and and you're like totally waiting for the plagiarism uh fall from grace no 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 he wrote this first and yeah. that's where this goes <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny and that's like coupled with the yeah. madonna thing and he just goes on that like spiral <laughs> To the depths. Yeah. Yeah. So oh so oh no! And in the end, when he does uh, Amish Paradise, Coolio is in the audience watching him. Like, I'm gonna get you. You know, yeah. he's gonna write uh-huh. his own song to make everybody. Think. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so funny. But it's just so, the, the, it's just so much that they drew from other stuff. But it was almost like watching a Mad Magazine parody come to life uh, in a certain way because yeah. it's just like beat no. by beat, and you could just see the jokes, uh, like form and then execute and it was so seamless through the entire thing i was very impressed uh, by how they pulled that off i got well so that. it's more impressive when you learn a little bit about how it was produced because they the entire movie was shot in 18 days this year they Whoa. shot it in march yeah okay like they and they premiered it like in september they pulled the, they did this whole thing in six months yeah and they were originally going to shoot it like in Toronto or something, but they convinced the they convinced the producers to shoot it in L.A. because you could get all of Al's buddies to show up in cameos if they didn't have to travel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's where we get this huge number of cameos. There is a there's a um, oh, I can't think of the name of the Paul Thomas Anderson movie now. The, Boogie Nights. You know, the, Boogie the, Nights. The there's like a party. Boogie Nights yeah. scene at Dr. Demento's <laughs> pool party where that, like everyone in the world is present, I, including yeah. Conan O'Brien as Andy Warhol oh, and Emo Phillips as Salvador Dali. I fucking loved it. And then yeah. when uh, Jack Black shows up as Wolfman Jack and just like starts right. berating him, it was so <laughs> fucking funny. And then suddenly, like, uh, John Deacon from Queen just shows up out of nowhere and challenges him to, <laughs> to yeah, do it. Played by the polka dot man himself, <laughs> yeah. David, ja- whatever they, his last name no, is. Yeah. What made that so great, though, is, is you know, he was like, yeah, what is this, John Deacon? Yeah. What? He's just John Deacon, and everybody just kind of looks at him and goes, uh, the bass player from Queen. Oh, 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 oh okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just what the hell we know that <laughs> so but, dumb well, but but this is where Radcliffe totally nails it because the, the the scene is that he's making up another one rides the bus on the spot and there's layers to this first is that another one rides the bus as recorded was recorded live on the Dr. Demento show and the drummer was just beaten on the accordion case and so they totally do yeah. that yeah um but but it's it's Radcliffe making the whole thing into like it's almost like a rap battle like he's he's got this anger in his eyes like i'm gonna get you with this oh you doubt me watch this motherfucker and he just he's doing that singing another one rides the fucking bus yeah well it's just so funny because that's like the the preamp like the way they've got it set up it's the the like the kid who wants to be something and fulfill his dreams but his parents won't let him like to the point where it's so yeah it's so done to extremes that at one point the mom just tells him why can't you just stop trying to live your dream and be happy and just be normal i mean it's that kind <laughs> we of want you to not be you <laughs> yeah 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 uh yeah. and incidentally but- toby huss is truly a find i mean every time i see yes. him in something i go man he's like in this he's red from that 70s show but right more yeah. you know Oh, it's he's so just he's just so fun every time he's casting something. <laughs> but when the but when Thomas Lidham shows up as the accordion salesman, uh, which which is the old, which is one of the few nuggets of truth, like Weird Al actually learned to play accordion because a, a salesman came and his parents just decided that that's what he was going to play. <laughs> it's like, and the rest is history. But when the dad in the movie just starts beating the living shit out of the accordion salesman because it's the devil's music, I'm like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've seen. It was so funny. 
And then, you uh, know, the rest is history. And then he goes to a polka party. And instead of drugs, it's, you know, polka music and the accordion. Yeah. And then Eric's favorite use, use of the, of chicken, the chicken song ever. Yeah. That was so fucking yes. smart. I was like, okay, this is now about, okay, I've got the joke. This is now about to stop being funny. It's going to, you know, get lame. And then that moment I go, oh, I'm in for a ride. They, yeah. instead of calling him chicken, they start playing the chicken dance. It's like, oh, that's yeah. so great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah. And then it progresses from there. And then, and then it's like there's beats, like there's, there's peaks and valleys in this thing, but they're, they're, the, the lows aren't really that low. It's kind of like Eric was saying, like in UHF, where it's just you're taking this ride up and down, up and down. But they're hitting all the biopic beats. And then you get yeah. to when he first comes up with the words for my Bologna, but they do it in such a drawn out, like he just, it's on the cusp and he's there and it's getting fed to him. Yeah. And he just, he's almost there, but he just can't see it. And it's just so drawn out. And I was just laughing so hard on my yeah. couch. I was like, just come on. It's my Bologna, dude. It's my Bologna, but he just couldn't get it. It made me think, okay, I don't know if you're very familiar with the stand-up comedy of Dana Gould. Yeah. He, 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 has, mm-hmm. he is brilliant at the setup. He will take like nine, you know, a minute, two minutes. He will not say anything funny for the longest time, all setting up a joke that just makes you cry laughing. Right. And this has got that. It's like, you, okay, I'm, this is dragging. I'm not into this. It's just you got to wait for it. You got to let it happen. Because it's worth it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the whole. Th- I I still I still am just in awe of the Madonna thing because I was getting so bored and I was getting so angry and then it just it just went Boom. off the rails. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I was I was totally in with the Madonna thing from the beginning because it, it, just making her evil. Yeah, you know, and, which is actually very much you know they made her evil, but in a way that is very much aligned with who Madonna is anyway. Yeah, <laughs> was yeah. this. You know, just I'm going to be successful and I will trample everyone yeah. in my way kind of person. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, then you get to like her, her going to his house uh, to start the wheels in motion to get him to do the parody. Uh, and again, like the whole movie is like people feeding him like ideas for his songs. And he's just so dense that it doesn't quite click right off the bat. I love that yeah. flow through. But she's starting to get him to do like a surgeon. Uh, but she's talking about her song like a virgin and then he's like are you she's like yeah except for the fact that i've had lots and lots of sex <laughs> and it just yeah. sort of sets the ball in motion yeah, all right. All right. So, <laughs> so one of the things they did that was you know also a, a dig on on these movies right is you know Weird Al sings all of the songs that that you know Radcliffe is lip syncing, right? And it's it's jarring because the voices are nothing alike, right? Yeah. And it's supposed to be right, but Weird Al actually went back and re-recorded a bunch of these early songs for this movie. He's actually released a soundtrack album <laughs> uh, this weekend to go with that with with these re-recorded versions, and I'm kind of wondering because. They lean hard into his early material yeah. in the movie. And I wonder how many Weird Al fans are familiar with like half of the songs of this are from the very first self-titled Weird Al Yankovic album that was very accordion heavy. Yeah. And I wonder how many people are familiar with that. <laughs> I mean I wonder what a Weird Al fan is like other than because I, I I when when I wrote you like, you know, the other night, I was like, every Gen Xer is watching this right now. Because right. every Gen Xer is watching it right right then. But what is a Weird Al fan after us, after Dr. Demento? I guess I guess there must have been well, some Nickelodeon tie-in that makes everybody, all the well, kids. Well, no, because I, mean, I, I, have, I have a hypothesis on this, Hit actually. It. Hit I mean, there was, the, there was the Weird Al show, which was a TV, like a kid's show. Like a Pee-wee's Herman. That's not really it. That was a Pee-wee's Playhouse sort of ripoff, too. That's what's... If you just just follow Weird Al's career, right? You know, first of all, Weird Al does not happen without MTV. What makes Weird Al Weird Al is the video parodies more than the song parodies. Eat It blows up because he basically does a shot-for-shot remake of Beat It's video, but silly. And... (laughs) 
and that just you know that just blows the doors off of of all of it and that's why he was so transcendent in the genre and so our generation you know we were listening to dr demento on sundays we were watching this stuff on mtv and he got his hooks into gen x and then you get to like the 90s and weird al kind of falls off right like the albums aren't as good. They're not as inspired. It's not really working. He has a couple of things that jump out, but it's like the bedrock anthem where he does yabba dabba do now over give it away now. And it's really kind of, yeah, we get it out. Mm-hmm. We've, you know, we've make- all kind of seen this, but the, re- the, the new fans are not you guys, but <laughs> people like myself had kids and we played Weird Al for our kids, and that really picks up right around the same time as he put out an album called Running With Scissors that coincided with The Phantom Menace, and he had that song where he was spoiled to hell and gone on The Phantom Menace and, and basically did a song about that. <laughs> and, it's, and suddenly yeah, there's it's like so this good. Weird Al renaissance, and he has like four four albums in a row that are the biggest hits of his career, but I believe it was because... Our generation was buying it and playing it for our kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ironically, that Star that New Hope song is one of his weakest because there's no jokes. It's just retelling the movie. Which is yeah. which is yeah. in and of but, itself is funny because that's basically what <laughs> the prequel movies were doing. So you know, it gets a little meta, but whatever. That's no that's very Gen X. We're all very sub reference and meta. That's yeah. that's how we roll, yo. But uh but I think, yeah, it, he had that trajectory in the 80s, uh, and it was a really good run. I mean, like, Dr. Demento was at his peak. Uh, we were just the right age. Uh, and then UHF comes out in 89 and gets buried by all the other big tent poles from the summer, like Lethal Weapon 2 and Indiana Jones yeah. and The Last Crusade. 1989 was a big-ass move, year for movies, of yeah. course, as and we you, know. And UHF just got trampled. And so I think that deflated him a little bit. And so he goes into that sort of fallow period where like one or two good songs, but nothing stands out. And then by running with scissors, which is like 99, he, he cuts the, the mustache off. He gets LASIK surgery or whatever, and he lets his hair grow. And it's like that total like reinvention of his look to which yeah, he even stated. He's like, he's like Madonna, style. Madonna can reinvent her look every 15 minutes. I, th- I think I'm okay with once every 20 years or so. <laughs> that was his whole vibe <laughs> on it. Uh, and then it, then it became a new generation thing for like the 21st century. But then by the time you get out to, to mandatory fun from like 2014, where he's gone all digital mm-hmm. and he did that mm-hmm. brilliant marketing thing where he did one song video every day for a week uh, and people just ate it up. I remember just like looking the next day, like, did the new one come out yet? And it was so beyond. And I think that sort of has like set the bar for what he is now. It's like this elder statesman of this genre that he's really the only one doing any work in. It's such a weird setup. Uh, yeah. Two of the Lonely Island guys were at that pool party. I mean, they, yes, they do not exist without Weird Al. Apparently, uh, right. the one guy, Yorma, Tacone or whatever his name is, like mm-hmm. he he flew himself out to from New York on his own dime just to be in that to play Pete Herman. <laughs> like Weird Al's like basically just calling up everybody, like come on, let's have a day, and they showed up and did it. <laughs> ah, it's crazy. But so, um, I kind of want to take you know to springboard from the movie. Like, what what Weird Al sticks out to you? Like, are there favorites? I, I, oh, my story always is, okay, it's 1994, I'm in Boston at school, just broke up with a girlfriend, I'm like all angry and pissed and weirded out, and I go to Tower Records, and I'm just like looking, just, just looking, because, you know, that's what we used to do, go to record stores and just look at shit, mm-hmm. and somebody plays the alternative polka on the, <laughs> you know, in the store, <laughs> Yeah. And one by one, everyone is laughing. They're, it's like the the first real communal experience I remember having. <laughs> I just start going, <laughs> trying not to laugh. And then he goes into another, you know, and all he's doing is playing songs we all know. Some of them yeah. came out the, the previous week. He right. was like on top of it. Yes. Yeah. That. yes. And, and everyone is just laughing their asses off together. 
Well, I think what yeah. makes that one so funny is because it's that that cusp of the alternative grunge era, and that's basically that was our our deal. And so it's like these are all yeah. songs that we took very seriously, and he's just like, oh, it's a pulp now. I broke apart my insides. Help me! I got no soul to sell. Help me! The only thing that works for me. Help me get away from myself. I wanna. You like an animal? comes in all okay. happy 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 yeah 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 <laughs> uh, so it, it worked but i like he did he started that with polkas on 45 and in 3d and it became a standard yeah. for almost every record and, uh, but everything was just slightly tweaked it was a different theme each time so it always made it fun <laughs> so yeah for me i'm finding like okay a few things like i said big fan so at at risk of rambling but um, there are certain songs that come on that I can't hear the original. I can only hear the Weird Al version right. yep. of them. And, and that, <clears throat> you know, that's probably bad for me, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. at, at this point, I think I'm more aligned with Weird Al in that I'm more, uh, I'm more interested now in the originals and most of them were style parodies right like he's it's in the style of another band but it's not a parody of a specific song one of the things you got to remember about weird al songs is that they're not just parodies of the song with dif- with different lyrics that kind of sound the same they're usually about a different topic and uh some of his some of his best work is style parodies like i friggin love um, everything you know is wrong, which is in the style of <laughs> "They Might Be Giants." A way of saying thank you. They offered to transport me back to any point in history that I would care to go, and so I had them send me back to last Thursday night so I could pay my phone bill on time. Just then, the floating disembodied head of Colonel Sanders started yelling, "Everything you know is wrong." Drive your spine up and down, and short is long. think that that could be an actual they might be giants song or that they might be giants could cover it live and it would totally work well yeah well not Um, only that but when he does dare to be stupid like a devo song i mean that is like uh, that's one of the the best devo songs that devo never made i mean it's just and mark mother's bro actually said he gets a a a keyboard sound in that 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 song that they he has always wanted to achieve <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like he listens to it and goes oh my god i am now inspired by the guy who buried me yeah yeah well that's fine yeah. that's part he, of the power he, he was in the behind the music saying yeah it's kind of the perfect devo song and i hate him for it yeah <laughs> yeah it's so fun <laughs> um. The one that gets the one that gets me every time is the one from Even Worse, uh, when he basically just takes the piss out of uh, <laughs> the oh, song. This song is just six yeah, words long. Instead of "Got My Mind Set on You" by George Harrison, <laughs> and it literally is just, he just sings the song's just six words long. The song is just six words long, and I just played that oh over and over and over because it was and over, just and over and over and over yeah. again. <laughs> I know if I put my mind to it I know I can find a good rhyme here Oh, you gotta have a music You need really catchy music This song has got plenty of music But just six words, child That to me is like the most quintessential, just like picking the piss in a big way. 
I am surprised that uh, the horoscope song isn't a bigger deal than it is. Really? The horoscope song yes. says yes. so much to me about, you know, well, those horoscope people. And all he does is, you know, give 12 stances, you know, for your horoscope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a bridge that is like, you're fucking stupid if you believe this. You may find it inconceivable or at the very least a bit unlikely that the relative position of the planets and the stars could have a special deep significance or meaning that exclusively applies to only you. But let me give you my assurance that these forecasts and predictions are all based on solid scientific documented evidence. So you would have to be some kind of moron not to realize that every single one of them is absolutely true. Where was yeah, yeah, no, that that was that was on my shortlist, but my all-time favorite of his originals is on the Dare to be Stupid album, and it's one more minute. It's, which is yeah. an Elvis style ballad about like just absolutely being done with a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was yeah, that was like you know, like late high school when all guys were starting to realize women are icky and they'll dog you and they feed on your pain. Yeah. <laughs> well uh, there's yeah, but you just you think about Weird Al and just because we're of that age i mean he hit the scene in like 80 81 hardcore and dr demento so we were like yeah 10 and that's just very formative and so i remember just hearing him all the time every week on dr demento in one way or another uh, but by the time in 3d comes out in 1984 i had that on cassette and i just played the living hell out of it so that for better yes. or worse is my weird owl record i mean even more than the first mm. one and in 3d and then uh dare to be stupid is w- was huge for y- me yeah but like i can still um, i can still put on uh in 3d and i know it's the one we eat it so it's his one of his biggest yeah. hits but he does he also does i lost on jeopardy instead of mm-hmm. the greg came van one he does like this goofy men without hats version of the brady bunch theme that just works it's a banger (laughs) it's so dumb uh but then you get stuff like happy birthday yeah yes yes well it's time to celebrate your birthday it happens every year we'll eat a lot of broccoli and drink a lot of beer you should be good and happy that there's someone you can eat a million people every day are starving in the street your daddy's in the gutter with the wretched and the poor your mama's in the kitchen with a can of cycle four there's garbage in the water and poison in the sky i guess it won't be long before we're all gonna die happy birthday happy birthday to you but then you also i did not see i gotta I gotta say, I never got into, I got into his albums late, rather, because I was one of those serial audio tapers of the Dr. Demento show, and I guess I was more into the show than just Weird Al, but, you know, I would every, it got to the point I couldn't tape it every week, I just had to tape the top five every week, but he was always in it, and so I think of just those one-off songs, like Another One Rides the Bus, and, uh, oh yeah, the the Star Wars song, the Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. In, instead mm-hmm. of Lola. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I came, to, I came to the first album late, like you, I think, and it was almost like a, like revisiting like an early Ramones album because it's so lo-fi, but it's just mm-hmm. so vibrant at the same time. And it, but it's got just some of the, the most like juvenile <laughs> fucking songs on it, like Got a Boogie. I could still sing that That's one. That's one of my favorites. I could still <laughs> sing it. Yeah. It's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like so juvenile, (laughs) but it's just so perfect. But it ends that album with Mr. Frump and the Iron Lung, and that one just conceptually floors me every time because he just stops the song in the middle of everything to go that, and it's just so, so freaking dark. And, and that's the thing, and it, 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 there's a thread all the way through that back to the movie, right? right? Which is Weird Al is not afraid to throw some dark, dark shit at you. Like yeah, the Happy yeah. Birthday song is real dark, and yeah. and so is Mister From the Iron Lung, and so is Weird the Weird Al the the Al Yankovic story. Like right. you know, it 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 ends with this uh, was it like Velvet Goldmine reference or whatever where, where he's <laughs> yeah, where gunned, gunned down, down on stage <laughs> yeah because Madonna gives the kill um, order it's so sublime yeah. <laughs> so sublime um, 
So, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else. This, I could go on forever about Weird Al, but I, I I'm not. I don't want to well, make five hour long the, podcast. What, what was the uh, the first Weird Al song you ever heard that you remember? Ooh. Probably another, another one, one rides, rides the bus. bus. Yeah, definitely yeah. another yeah. one rides the bus. I had a friend who had that forty-five in like nineteen eighty-one, and we played it all the time. And then I think later in that year, he Weird Al showed up on the Tom Snyder show and played it uh, on the Late Show or whatever it was. There's and uh, the rest. There's a whole thing on his Wikipedia page. He 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 recorded another one rides the bus on the uh, Demento show. It becomes such a breakout hit. That he he performs it on Tom Snyder because of Tom Snyder it becomes huge and like that week his record company goes out of business <laughs> so he never sees a dime from any of it yeah but he moves on he's like a I don't know, very resilient this Weird Al character you know what I mean he's just he always manages to to make hay anytime something goes sort of oh. sideways like UHF wasn't quite what everyone had hoped but you know 30 years later it's like it's such a massive cult movie that you can't escape it now it's just sort of like he always seems to get the last laugh it, it's you know sheer I mean? talent i mean the, the the fact of the matter is those albums that you were you know that everybody was into the n3d and all of that if you listen to them today i mean they're very well produced they play yeah. every style of music and I've seen Weird Al live yeah. a couple of times, and they play every style of music live with costume changes, and they do it well. Um, they're they're just really talented. Unfortunately, my wife is like, I've seen Weird Al like, I don't want to go to the stupid tour that he's on now where he's playing the originals. I'm like, but the originals are the good ones. But anyway, uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, well, I mean, but then you get you to you them. get to stuff like, uh, but then you get to stuff like the end of. Running with Scissors, where he does this like almost oh, like eleven minute song about my Albuquerque. son loved that. And it's As just like <laughs> he thought that was the funniest thing ever. Um, well, I, I saw I saw an interview recently where Radcliffe and Yankovic were pimping this movie, and they asked Radcliffe like, "What's your favorite songs?" And he brought up Albuquerque. He's like, "Yeah, I just I don't know why. I think it's just the wordplay. It's just so epic. It's this and that." And I'm like, "That's a very deep cut for someone to bring up to the table. It's like you would expect someone to just go, oh, yeah. eat it.' Well, eat but that, it. that began like a new tradition, right, with the ten minute song. So that was followed on the next album by the best one of those, which is the Frank Zappa uh, style parody called Genius in France, which is just." No. I may not be the sharpest hunk of cheese I got a negative number on my SATs I'm not good looking And I don't know how to dance But nevertheless it is fighting the evidence I am so widely considered to be a genius in friends Genius in friends, genius in friends. <laughs> um, and then, of course, trapped in the drive-through um, at at yeah. the at at yeah. in that uh, straight out of Linwood album. Well, he always bounces it out though, because then you also get stuff like Bob, which is a, a Bob Dylan song, but it's just all palindromes. Yeah. And if you've ever seen the video, it's like just him dressed sort of loosely like Bob Dylan holding the cards, and it's just all these like random palindromes. <laughs> just to make the song it's just like there's no that's the only structure to it it's just so ridiculous but it works because it's Al Yankovic I don't understand why it just, it's so funny somebody uh, online says when Weird Al Yankovic dies can we please have a tribute concert where all of the bands that are still around play his parodies yeah have to do his show yes yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like do we have to wait Wouldn't for him to die can we just do that now uh, oh, and since we can't get Nirvana, get Tori Amos to do yes, that her slow, yes. like, like sad <laughs> version. Only, yeah. Here we are now. When Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, oh, that would be great. God. <laughs> well, back to the movie. I love that uh, they do the whole sidebar where the parents don't approve and the dad just works in the factory <laughs> to the point where Weird Al is like, what do you even make there? Like, nobody knows. <laughs> like, they don't even bother to explain it. It's just a shorthand for 
factory. You'd find out if you worked there. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, so just all that sort of like secondhand stuff that just feels like it's just excerpt from UHF to a degree. So this would, this one's definitely a good companion piece to it, but I was surprised how much it was similar to the complete owl. Mm-hmm. Which is the thing he did for MTV back in the '80s, which was another conceit where it's sort of that was almost I think like you a. You can still see uh, that on Amazon. Ru- I think the complete owl, P L E A T, is yeah. on Amazon Prime, or at least it was a few months yeah. ago, or Tubi, or, or something. But that was a very much uh, like a Ruddles esque sort of thing. But in true weird off fashion, it was like about him, but just making this like weird, exaggerated, crazy version of Weird Al for this biography. Mm. And so this seems to be a flow through for his career because he's so notorious for being just, you know, very normal, quiet, doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't do drugs, doesn't swear. He's a vegetarian. I mean, it's just like there's nothing about this guy that's edgy. (laughs) So when you do these movies, (laughs) yeah. You know, though, the thing that makes him work, I just I just realized as you say that a complete lack of ego. It's like exactly he's not there to be the star he's there to to make the joke work yeah and i think that's why it works even even though it's almost always at his expense yeah who gives a shit as long as it works yeah Yeah. well some of my favorite moments from weird are when they just take that idea of weird al and turn it on its head uh like when he goes back and plays them eat it and then the (laughs) and then the record executive like is like say well who's gonna listen to this and he like puts the cigarette out out in his hand yeah (laughs) just like like a total dick (laughs) and it just like played for straight i'm like that's crazy and then they just move on with it's like i deserve that i deserve that yeah uh or when they do the the bit uh where he just like barrels into escobar's palace and just starts blowing away everybody i mean it's just so ridiculous Oh, rude. (laughs) Rude. (laughs) But I think my favorite joke in this, like getting back to what Eric was talking about, uh, because it's, it's, it's that slow build. It's very meta. You'll, if you blink, you might miss it. But when they're throwing offers at him, like, do you want to be the new James Bond? This and that. He's like, no, I don't want to be James Bond. I don't want to be Indiana Jones. I just want to do my thing. And it's, that's a reference to UHF getting trounced by James Bond and Indiana <laughs> oh, Jones shit. and all that I didn't shit. I didn't even um, catch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. That's a. I had, they that's made, deep. yeah, they like highlighted that, that moment so, so hard. I actually thought, did they offer Daniel Radcliffe James Bond? <laughs> right. Is that what this is? Yeah. No, yeah. the, the, the only times, Daniel Radcliffe. Um, reference that really, you know, was was hit hard was when Doctor Demento was like, "I could be your D mentor," you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and he just sort yeah. of goes, uh, "Yeah, ha, yeah, <laughs> yeah." But yeah, the 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 fact that it it you've got those sublime meta jokes coupled with just the out and out just ridiculous like when the when the song plays on the radio and he and his buddies just start slapping each other to the beat. You know, and the guys in the background are going crazy. I mean, it's like, it's just these two extremes that somehow complement each other so well. And that, I don't know why it works. But uh, I was totally expecting this to be like another walk hard. And it just, it totally yeah. wasn't. It's its own beast. And kinda, I, I totally Kind of was. I mean, walk hard was great in that it took the piss out of biopics well. It's just, it didn't do any of the thing. It it made its own jokes. Yeah. Right? Well, it's it, like, yeah. well, walk it's hard. almost, it's almost the... The smarter extension. It's the grad school version of yeah. Walk Hard. Well, plus Walk Hard is more like a, a dig at Forrest Gumpism uh, or Zelig, that kind of thing. It's just you take this one lunkhead and just put him in every decade and make fun of it. Uh, whereas Weird Al is basically just it's transposing his entire persona. It's like this nice guy, and they just ramped it and just let's uh, like what can we do? Oh, let, let me go kill. Escobar, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like it's so dumb, but it works. So yeah, yeah. it's it's fun. Yeah. I don't know where you can go from this. Like, what's I mean, next? he could retire. I mean, he doesn't really need to prove anything to anybody at this point. Um, I mean, that's true. Here's that's the thing, true. folks: watch Weird on Roku, and then like go on your streaming music thing of choice, and go hit up that back catalog. Check out some Weird Al that isn't the big parodies, and see what you find. Because I think you're gonna find stuff you like. Yeah. 
And then uh, catches tour this coming summer. I think it's over, but yeah. and then <laughs> and then tell us if you had fun at maghuge.com yeah. or find us on uh, the Twitters at Mag for now. For now, say, are we yeah. gonna stay on Twitter after all this shit? But yeah, I mean, yeah, can, can I we, know. Hashtag, like, hashtag fuck Elon Musk. Sure, I'll put that, that yeah. in, the, okay. in the hashtags for the show. Um, <laughs> do it, do you it. You know, you know, nobody uses Twitter anyway. We need to get on uh, uh, the the TikTok. Yeah, the TikTok. The TikTok I just said that with the kids. The TikTok. All the kids are on. All the kids are on the TikTok. Anyway, yeah, hit us up on all the things. Email magnificentlyhuge.com. Or, or shit. Email at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. And uh, mostly subscribe to the podcast, share it on social media feeds with your friends, and uh, give us a rating on the podcast apps and, and, and stay demented. <laughs> <laughs>